Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail, your highway in the sky to the Magic Kingdom. One little spark of inspiration is at the heart <laughs> of all creation. Right at the start of everything that's new, one little spark lights up for you. Welcome back to Disney Marvels for week of June 7th, 2020. This is episode 87. Disney Marvels, the show about Disney, Marvel, Lucasfilm, Muppets, Pixar, Fox, the Parks, and much, much more. If it has to do with Disney, it's fair game. I'm your host, Matthew Graken. We'll be right back after these brief sponsor messages. And now, on with the show. Achievement of mankind as we sail the sea. Change is inevitable. And it always happens, whether we want it to or not. And this type of theory also goes along to the Disney theme parks. Walt never wanted the parks to be a museum or to be stale. Everything's always changing, evolving. It, it's in a way, the parks are a life form in themselves. And we have the Imagineers to thank for this. I, unfortunately, am not an Imagineer, but I can pretend to be one. And I needed someone to come along with me that likes to pretend to be an Imagineer as well. So I have Matt Marino from Love of the Mouse podcast on, and we're going to be playing armchair Imagineer in today's discussion, our top five attractions that we would like to plus, not change completely. It's going to still be the same attraction, but change it up add to it. Evolve it to its next iteration, as it were. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing well. It's been quite a while since we've spoken. Too long. Too long, my friend. So thank you for bringing me back on. I really enjoy coming on and talking Disney with you. Oh, it's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to talk Disney with people, and especially good people like yourself, who has an excellent show. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. You're welcome. So yeah, it's like I was saying, we... We're, we're talking about plussing attractions. Uh, I know when we were discussing this before, it's like, how are we going to go about it? Do you change the attraction completely? And you had the, the wonderful idea that it's not the attraction stays, but we, we build upon it. We evolve it, like I said, to it. It's, it's next iteration. It's next form of greatness. Um, or just improving things that maybe an attraction we feel may be lacking in some ways. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And like you said, um, I think the initial idea was definitely there, but taking a new twist to it because, you know, you could hear so many different podcasts talk about, oh, well, we would change everything about this ride and retheme Small World to Tangled just because yeah. it fits because it's right next to the Tangled bathrooms. But no, that's not what we're going to do. We're no. going to be a little more creative than every other show. <laughs> exactly. It, it's one thing to say we're just going to take this spot and change it completely. It's rip out the old and in with the new. It's another thing to say, let's leave the old and evolve it and move it forward. I mean, it, they've done this to a number of attractions in the past. Twilight, uh, Tower of Terror has been a couple iterations. Star Tours, obviously, they've, they've evolved that as the, the movies have come along and technology has advanced. Um, but there's other attractions that I feel maybe they could do similar things that it, it, it can... 
it can move. And of course, this is with an unlimited budget and you know means to just be able to wave our magic uh, Imagineer wands and make things easily happen. <laughs> easily is the key word. Yeah, easy. Yeah, it's always easy to just you know go in and then that's great. We're we're just gonna put this. We're just gonna put mouse ears on the hatbox ghost or something. You know, um, it's just easy stuff. Easy stuff. So. You're my guest. I always believe guest first. What's your number five? So my number five, I think this is a pretty, pretty widespread um, belief and want amongst the Disney community. Mm-hmm. And that's changing Grand Fiesta Tour. Um, not, I shouldn't say changing because that's what, not what we're doing, but re-theming Grand Fiesta Tour to Coco rather than Three Caballeros. Okay. So I think that could be, I mean, obviously it fits in the Mexico Pavilion in Epcot. Um, it's really the perfect IP to go in there aside from Three Caballeros. Um, but I think it has more cultural relevance now, especially, and also just getting something new. I love not having to wait for Grand Fiesta Tour. Don't get me wrong. Um, because if they were to put Coco in there, you know those lines would be crazy long. Absolutely. And I think that's part of the reason that they haven't done that yet is just because that pavilion is not substantial enough to hold a large line. Um, no, you get 20 people in that queue and it's backed up into the, the uh, courtyard. Right. So um, I think it would be interesting to see how they could do it. I think the water would be excellent to really do some awesome technology and new things to make that golden bridge. Um, that could be really, really cool if they did some like animated stuff underneath the water. So it looked like you were riding across the golden uh, pedals um, into the, you know, into the land of the dead. Um, that could be really cool. Obviously with screens, you have endless capabilities and then Coco has an amazing soundtrack. So you yeah. put a new overlay takes you through um disney plus just did well i guess not just but they they put out that of coco the musical spectacular whatever it was that they put on disney plus it was like a live concert that they had did had done to celebrate the music from the movie and i think doing something like that where um it actually brings the mexican heritage um to cover the music that's a great thing to do too because it keeps that cultural aspect of epcot alive as well I, I can see it. I can see this as much as I love the three Cavaliers, and I, I was so ecstatic, ecstatic whenever that went in there. My only thought with this, out of the three characters, only one of them is Mexican. Right. Which, you know, has, you know, it's a small segment, so it's almost, in some ways, it is a little forced to have them in there. Um, again, as much as I love it, I love the three Cavaliers. I, I love the new show about it. I, you know, I love the original movie. Anytime that they are on, I'm right there. Um, but Coco fits that dynamic, that pavilion perfectly culturally. Like I said, Three Cavaliers isn't fully about Mexico. You have one. You have Panchito. He's the only one that's technically Mexican, a Mexican rooster. Jose is South American, uh, I think Brazilian. And Brazilian. Donald Duck is very much American. Um, <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's... They kind of like it, it's a it's a weird fit. Putting Coco in explains the culture, the heritage a lot more. Like you said, the music 
because that's one thing, even with the three Caballeros in, they really hadn't updated the music to something that you just really love. It is, it's enjoyable. It's better than what was originally there. Because the original music was just kind of dark and foreboding and just kind of this gloomy going through ca- these dark caverns and, and stuff. And you see people jumping off of cliffs. And you're just going, <laughs> why would I visit? Um, <laughs> and now you have Donald running around. Where is my bathing? Come back with my bathing suit. Um, I, I'll have uh, someone else do that voice better than I can. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, as much, like I said, I would love to, you know, always love having the capitalists, but to me, putting the Coco IP in there just is, makes perfect sense as much as, you know, putting frozen in Norway, putting Coco makes even more sense into Mexico with that connection explains some of the cultural beliefs more. And it just, like I said, invites you into it's such it's such more so more inviting. I get it. I get it. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. So that I, I think we've touched pretty much everything on on Grand Fiesta Store. What do you have at the you know number quote, five unquote, bottom of your list? The bottom of my list. I I I'll take a page out of your book. Real men love Frozen. Frozen ever after. I enjoy the interaction. And my my qualms with it is it's not long enough. I know they were working with a limited space, but again, waving the magic uh, 200-foot Mickey wand and uh, bumping out the back of that building some more and expanding that ride, especially let's add in some Frozen 2. You know, you, you could do the Cave of Memories scene. That would be, with image mapping, just think how beautiful that would be. That would be um, really cool with that song, and then even adding a segment in with the uh, the water nook, uh, the water knock would be just you know having it race along with you as you're going, say, as you're going down a hill or you know at a speeding part, having the water knock race alongside of you and the water splashing with each footstep. I mean, you could do some beautiful things, um, and it, again, it would just do like a whole frozen. Um, the whole storyline kind of between the two movies. Um, just like I said, what's there is great, but it, to me, it just feels like it's too short. I always wanted more and I know they expanded it. They tried to expand it as much as they could, which caused issues, but it, it, I still feel it needs more to be complete. It's, I don't feel like it's a complete attraction with, with if you know, and adding in this stuff, I think, especially with, on some of the music in the second movie, is just so fantastic. Um, oh, absolutely! It would just really make that track. I mean, you think that the lines are long now for it? You you'd be waiting. You know, you'd have Coco and Norway meeting um, with the two lines. <laughs> yeah, that's. So yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think if. Um, if they were to add anything from the second movie, you're absolutely right. Those lines would be even crazier than they are now. Um, since I've been there, so in September, I guess, was my last trip. Wow, that's sad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you're sad. not going right now. Well, yeah, I mean, the parks are closed right now, but, you know, still, that, that lull in time is, is depressing to think about. Yeah, I um, agree. But... Whenever I was there in September, the lines weren't terrible, and you know, fast passes were able to be had 
you know, maybe a day or two beforehand for Frozen, which is definitely not something that could be said even a year ago, I think. Um, yeah. Which is, is good. I think a lot of people have kind of started to go to other parks because now Epcot is that one that really seems to need all of the upgrades in comparison to the other parks. Um, but I don't, I mean, Epcot's my favorite park, so anything that they do, um, I'm, I, I'm really looking forward to everything that's coming down the pipeline in the future. Um, and I, I agree with this where adding in frozen Two because like you said, real men love frozen. I love frozen. And the second movie I actually preferred more than the first, um, I think the music, the music was the big selling point there for me. I think the music for the second was more well-rounded, overall more enjoyable. So adding that into the ride, and it would be really, really awesome, like you said, having the water knock, um, some kind of sequence with that. I'm also picturing kind of that whole giant wave and the, the almost water avalanche that yeah. Elsa has to stop. That would be so cool to experience. There's so many nice little elements with that movie that you can add in, like uh, Olaf with um, uh, Samantha, I think it was, yeah. right? Um, and the, or you know the little the, the little fire uh, fire lizard guy um, setting things. You know, you could add some fire elements in that way. There's just so many elements that you could you could throw in there and plus it. And like I said, you know, for me, I could even just imagine you going through this giant room or larger room all black and then you have just the the memories uh elsa's memories kind of floating oh, in air be cool yeah that'd be cool you know and with the the show yourself just kind of echoing in the background i mean gives me chills i mean i i yeah. literally would have chills going through that you know with what what i'm visioning in my mind um so yeah like i said what's there is good but i always felt they're just you could get more out of it. it. The story is not complete. Um, and one thing too, that we haven't mentioned, there was literally a time in the second movie when Olaf and Anna were in a log boat, or I guess it was just a boat and they yeah. were going down the river. Like yeah. with all the, um, the, the rock, I don't want to call them rock. Yeah. The rock yeah. monsters. I didn't want to call them creatures because I felt that was kind of, I don't know. Yeah. It's the the earth elements. Yes. The earth element representations. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, uh, like they they were kind of just trolling everybody with that. I think for all those, those people who were like, "Hey, uh, Maelstrom needs to come back." They're like, "Nope, we're gonna put this Frozen ride reference into this movie just to uh, just to get back at all those haters." <laughs> I didn't think of it that way, but that's brilliant. That that is absolutely true. That is a good way of looking at it. Um, yeah, I mean, because it, it is, it's similar. You're just missing the oil rig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Back, back, over the falls you go. <laughs> you are not the first to come this way. Eat at Joe's. So what would what be your, your next one? Your number four that you feel so, compelled on? My number four is kind of off the wall because... It's not really, I wouldn't call it necessarily an attraction. It's more of a location. Mm. Um, and it's Rafiki's Planet Watch. I just think 
it's it's not it's not bad because I really love the addition of the Animation Academy there, mm-hmm. which I was able to experience last summer on a trip with my parents. Um, but it's just not spectacular. It's not one of those places where you have people being like, oh, uh, hey, I need to go to Rafiki's Planet Watch on this trip. It's like, maybe I'll find it by accident because I accidentally walk onto the train. Like, the, <laughs> I get in line for the train rather than go into a jungle trail. Yeah. <laughs> like, the train that goes so. in a giant loop. I mean, that's... Yeah. And then what would you do to it? So I'm thinking putting just more attractive animals in oh i'm sorry Ah, it's all right so i i think just adding more animals um they have the petting zoo but like i don't want a petting zoo i want to go and be wowed like use that to build i know we're kind of changing but like Build some kind of new structure that could house a new animal because I'm still like I'm just changing the animals and yeah, maybe making just, a nicer again, house for them. Yeah, we're plussing it. We're yeah, plussing the animals because what is there? I mean, in all fairness, going to your local state or town fair and going to the petting area there to the one that you just paid a hundred and ten dollars or whatever it is to go and see. Right. What's the difference? Um. I never enjoyed Rafiki's Planet Watch as much as I did when I was working there and was there backstage. Okay. Um, ever since that, whenever I would come and be on stage for Rafiki's Planet Watch, I've been... It just, it, like you said, it doesn't have that draw. It doesn't have that... You know, you need to come see this because mm-hmm. there's something, you know... A valuable lesson, a a a, a, um, a wow factor. There's a, no to take a uh, uh, term out of the Imagineers' handbook. There's no weenie to it. Exactly, and even if you know, just putting a new character meet and greet in that area, because previously you could meet Rafiki there, but now he's further up in Epcot or Epcot. What am I talking about? <laughs> I'm still stuck on everything else we've been talking about. Um, Rafiki's Planet Watch. Sorry, Animal Kingdom. Um, he's now, I think, further up um, near the entrance, if yes. I'm not mistaken, from the last time I saw him. Um, but like, even that, like, there's no character meet and greets out there unless it's sporadic. So there's really no draw to get people to go there. I mean, like I said, the Animation Academy is great, but that's a very niche audience. And mm-hmm. for somebody who stumbles into it, it's fantastic for somebody who uses a fast pass on it. I can't say it's worth the fast pass because I've done it and I dropped a Navi river fast pass for it. Ooh. Yeah. It was just because it was the first week that it was open. So I was like, you know, maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be exciting. I really want to do this with my parents and I don't know if the times are going to stack up, but hindsight, you know, I would never do that again where I would <laughs> sacrifice Navi river for that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I enjoyed Navi River. Um, it's and again, you know, you're having animation in a place that's supposed to be teaching you environmentality, you know, and, and biomedical science. Uh, 
um, and animal husbandry. You're not getting the mess. Like I said, the message for that place has been lost. Um, yes. And one of those things looks great on paper. Initial idea was good, but it just it didn't sell well. Like not putting air conditioning in most of Animal Kingdom <laughs> in Florida. Yeah. And not putting roofs over stage shows in Florida. Um, it, it's it does need to be needs to involve. I I don't know what the answer is. Um, you know, more exotic type of animals. You do get into you know some issues there, um, sensitivity issues, but right. it, it, there there's ways about that, and there's ways to do it. Um, yeah. But you know what exactly would be a, a good answer? Uh, I, I can't I can't honestly say, but you're absolutely right that that, that area does need to be um, plussed in a big way. I know it's something that uh, there's been talks about. I just, again, I don't think they know what the answer is on that either. Yeah. I, I mean, I've heard potentially, you know, the idea of creating Zootopia out that way. Um, but I don't think that's going to become reality because that's a huge kind of expansion. And yeah. I don't think Animal Kingdom is going to go that route. I think they're very capable of, you know, refurbing what they have rather than starting fresh with something totally new. Like if they're going to expand the park, it's not going to be in that area. No. And I think, um, for two reasons, one Zootopia in itself would not fit into the animal kingdom. I, I, I feel, um, as cool as it would be, it, you know, the, how everything is based around an actual factual place, you know, Dinoland, right. USA, Asia, Africa. Uh, I mean, yes. Okay. You have Pandora, but well, Pandora. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, the other thing is that area I believe is pretty close to the animal housing. That so is to correct. Be able to push out. You would be, um, interfering and stepping into the boundaries of the animals and their they're safe zones. That's you know, right. Um, to be honest, and um, yeah, I don't think that's something that they would really want to uh, want to you know experiment with. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I don't think we're going to get a change anytime soon. Um, you know, they may change what's going on. Um, I I can't imagine the Animation Academy will be there long term. I think they're going to have to do something fresh just to keep people wanting to go there. Um, but I guess my only other comment on it would be to just entirely remove the Komodo dragon because I freaking hate Komodo dragons. They're my least favorite animals and I'm terrified of them. So <laughs> that's all I can say there. Well, they're in the Asia tra uh, track. So, I mean, you, you, you can, um, you can see them there at least or not <laughs> yeah. see them if that's your choice. Yeah. Very true. So, so what do you have at number four? Number four, I would say soaring. Soaring, okay. Yeah, and and go. This is a go with me here, and this makes perfect sense. I mean, it's you still get the big lines now, as it were, and I I understand why they're doing it this way, but I think they missed a big opportunity when they they redid the film. You did this with Star Tours, put a randomizer in it. Yeah. Each flight different country yeah i'm more sticking with one country so you know you go on a one time you're in china next time you're in canada next time in the united states 
Um, not necessarily doing the two like you do in, in Star Tours, where you start off in one and then you flip to another one. Because you got a lot of these countries and stuff, you can do a, a, a full soaring ride, which is what, three, five minutes, something, somewhere around that? Yeah. Um, easily for multiple countries. And, I, I, you know, I just feel like, okay, I mean, that would just make this ride just even so much better. Because, you know, right now it's like, okay, you, you've seen it once. You know, would you necessarily, as much as you love it, you see that line is pushing 102 minutes. Are you necessarily wanting to jump on that? No. But if you don't know where you're going next time, okay, oh, I love China, but uh, oh, look at this one. I, I'm in, you know, the original California one. Oh, look at this one. We're going over Kilimanjaro. You know, just, yeah. I mean, that, and I can't see. I mean, unless if this is something that, okay, we can do this, but we'll save this for the next iteration when we need to upgrade it. Um, but yeah, I, I would just love to see, you know, given that Star Tours treatment, that you can go on it three, four, five times and see something different each time. Yeah, I completely agree. And they have, I mean, it's not like they're lacking of that cultural aspect in Epcot. Like, you could literally do a film for every country in the world showcase every pavilion yeah. and then tie soren into the world showcase you know in that regard because obviously the ending will always still come back to epcot so just have it enter that country like yeah it's um, a it's a seamless transition in some, yeah. in some senses absolutely i mean i know okay like i said china but china you already have the three circle tour and same with france right but Italy, you don't. You know, right. Mexico, exactly. you don't. You know, um, I'm trying to think. England, you don't. Yeah, so there, there's all these other you know, countries, Morocco, that you can easily do these for, or you know, even countries that aren't in World Showcase, or not yet. Um, yeah. So you you have a lot of options there. I mean, there's so many countries in the world with diverse cultures and um, that want to be a part of Epcot and can't be. So here's a way to get them on board and just, you know, again, the cultural reference in the, it, it, it's just a natural, natural for Epcot. It would be natural progression. It, it, I just think, um, I can't see how they would have missed that. If not just, like I said, keeping it on the back burner, we know we'll have to eventually update this again. And that's how, that's the, the next step from where we are. We, we peeled it back. So that way we have somewhere further to go next time that we have to update. Yep. Absolutely. I think you said it perfectly there. So where are you going to take us next? Um, I guess we're kind of going to stay up in the sky because I'm going to go with the monorails. Oh boy. And don't get me wrong. I love the monorails. I think they are excellent. For a 1950 built style of transportation when they originally opened at Disneyland? Uh, well, the original 71 Disneyland. 71 and World, Walt Disney World? 71. These current Mark IVs were 86, 88. Um, yeah, mid to late 80s is when they upgraded to the newest versions here at Disney World. Disneyland has gotten a newer one in uh, this side of the century. Um, where they updated theirs 
much more futuristically, but the original monorail concept, yeah, was um, shortly after shortly after Disneyland opened, and President Richard Nixon gave the dedication speech, uh, Vice President Nixon at that time, um, and cut the ribbon. Yes. Yeah, so I think um, just changing how... Um, you know cut out a the design. Yeah, I'm sorry. There's there's some storms going on right now for us. They're so heading my way, so don't I feel apologize. bad. Um. So yeah, uh, I think all they really need to change is, like you said, the design. Um. I th- I think making sure that the design is as futuristic as possible and as modern as possible, and that's both exterior and interior. Mm-hmm. Um, just giving it more of a refresh. I think the seating is very bland currently. Um, and honestly, I think a good structure to kind of base it off of is the, I don't know if I can call it a monorail, but like at the Orlando airport, they have that tram that takes you from, um, the main, like all the terminals to you know, the entrance or exit whenever you are going, um, coming or going from in, uh, from the Orlando airport or to the Orlando airport, you have to go on that train, tram, monorail, whatever you want to call it. Um, just going the route of no seating is a totally viable option. I know that's not ideal for something that a lot of kids will be on, but it makes it 10 times more convenient for, strollers and people who have to accommodate in that sense and also being able to fit more people because especially at the end of the park night those monorails get packed and those lines yeah. are miserable oh yeah. so being able to fit as many people on as possible i think is a is definitely a plus absolutely um have you seen the the new version that they have in disneyland i have not i've never been to disneyland and i don't do much research on Disneyland just in principle because I want to be surprised the first time I go. Yeah. The, um, it was, um, they're similar to the, the ones that they had prior before they did the upgrade, um, looked a lot like the Walt Disney world ones is actually the generation beforehand. And, um, it's a lot more sleeker it's it's actually a throwback to the original design so the kind of that flash gordon rocket ship type of look but um it's that retro new type of vibe but it it, it's a lot more sleeker it looks newer it looks fresher the inside actually has led uh, lcd screens and has uh a lot more space to it and that is something that Disney World has been lacking and has been needed. Um, Bob Gerg was the guy behind the, the monorails, and he said that there was new ones coming to Walt Disney World that they were working with Bombardier um, to come up with a new design for Walt Disney World because the ones that they have now, I think they said they, they should last about 15 to 20 years, and it's you know been well past that uh, <laughs> since I think these ones came on board in 88. I think I'm seeing if I'm reading this I introduced 84 so okay. um, so the doors aren't supposed to fly open on them 
not usually. <laughs> not usually. Um, and the, the air conditioning is supposed to be non-smoking as well as everybody on board. Um, yeah, it, it's it, it is in definitely in need. I mean, it's one of the most iconic transportations in the world. Um, you know, even though it originated in Disneyland, everyone when you say monorail, you think of the Disney World ones. I mean, heck, whenever Disney World got rid of its original monorails, Las Vegas picked them up and used them for a time being before they they sure. uh, financed new ones. So, uh, yeah, it is something that has absolutely been needed. And I, I again, I just don't understand maybe is it finance because those things aren't cheap i mean you know even in 80s money you're talking about was this figure i have here uh seven million each that was for the original ones um and they did 3.5 million refurb um <laughs> so yeah they, they they're they're in need um why they they haven't gone to it yeah, that's that's whatever their reason but yeah it, it is definitely a need to be um uh to be refreshed give it a new look i mean it, they look wonderful for something from you know for the 80s and in the 80s the spacing and everything was perfect but now you're getting you know that many more people though i will tell All you right. this initially the plans were for the animal kingdom to be part of the monorail line that would be amazing if they expanded it. Yeah, it just it was too costly. I think it was a um, uh, million dollars a mile or something like that in in ninety something. Someone told me once what the the rough amount was because if you look at the cut of the parking lot, you could actually see where the monorail would be going through. Huh. Interesting. I don't think I've ever heard that. Yeah. Look. Um. Look from. Um. Look it up on like Google Maps or Apple Maps or something. And look at the parking lot, and you could actually see where the monorail would probably. You could kind of see that line of, okay, this is where the monorail would come in. You'd put a station here, and it would exit that way. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it, it's it. You know, whenever you realize that there's supposed to be a monorail in there, you go, oh, wait a second, now I see it. Yeah, um, it was I something mean... that they were planning on expanding the line and running it to animal kingdom keeping with the environmentality um of that park because you know electric system clean green you know it it would be it it speaks to the whole storyline um but yeah it unfortunately way too expensive and they already blew the budget they had to cut out you know lands and attractions for the park as it were uh and try and bail out uh Euro Disneyland at the time. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, that's, uh, it is, it is indeed, it's in need of some love. Definitely some additional yeah. love. Yeah. So, I think it'd be, it'd be, it'd be nice to see anything updated with them just in principle. Yes, indeed. So going along with the lines that you were saying before, my next one, um, needing some love and just something that they missed the mark on. Uh, I'm going to say the seas with Nemo and friends. Okay. And I'm, I'm talking specifically about the, the ride itself. Um, and where I felt they missed the mark on that was the educational part. 
you have this beautiful song. I guess they, you know, they felt they paid the money for this song for the show in Animal Kingdom. Let's integrate it into uh, the ride in Epcot because there's no theme song to actually go with Nemo. There's no musical bit to it. Um, I mean, even Monsters, Inc. has a musical part to it. Mm-hmm. So let's, you know, we paid for this song. Let's put it into the ride here because you, it's bad enough you haven't heard enough of it at one theme park. Let's put it into a second one. But there's no educational. Um, and I think that's where they miss the mark. You have these sea creatures that you're watching on screens and whatnot through the water. Why not have them talk about either the creatures in the tanks that you're seeing there, or you could have an animated version of a, a certain type of fish and they could tell you about, Oh, this is a such and such fish or look at those sharks. And you know, you, you realize that they can't swim back. You know, it's something to, you know, put the education. You have the sea creatures, you have the screens, you're seeing the, the, the sea life or talk about the animals that you will be seeing. Oh, you, you know, make sure to look out for the porpoise. Have you seen the, our porpoise? It, it just, there's a purpose to our porpoise. Something <laughs> to do with this. Yes, I am a dad. Um, but yeah, have the have the Nemo creatures talk about about the life and not just singing a song. Nemo, Nemo, where's Nemo? Have you seen Nemo? It's like we've we've seen this, and this isn't what it's not what Epcot's about. In you, I think again, you're just missing the mark there, where you had this perfect opportunity to utilize an IP, put it in there, and have them educate. Because the kids are going to see the fishes, you know, the the characters that they they love and know, and they could have used it to to educate, you know, just give some sort of information about either the sea. If you even just want to go get on the recycling boat and have them talk about, well, you know, you know, you dumping pollution in here and it affects this type of stuff. Something. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think that's a great idea because Epcot is all about that learning experience, and from from what you're describing it kind of blends the nemo ride with a little bit of living with the land mm-hmm. and i love exactly. that idea where it's like living with the land is so underrated in my opinion it i mean it has it's you know every like a ton of people love it but then again it's so overlooked by so many people who are just general park goers um and i don't think a lot of people appreciate the sheer beauty of that ride um just in principle so bringing that concept into something that people connect with already in the ip of finding nemo um, would just really blend everything together so seamlessly and so nicely um, to make the best overall product oh absolutely i mean yes listen to the land you and me it's nature's planned can't you see um it it would work perfectly in that in that aspect um having these creatures you know like i said they the the family the the kids recognize the creatures uh the characters i keep calling them creatures but the characters and you know or just have them talk about themselves there's just so many possibilities there to have the you know even a little bit it doesn't have to be heavy-handed you know you know change the ride drastically or anything just have them talk about something other than singing a song that you heard in another park just either the day before or the (laughs) next day (laughs) yeah and it just it's that yeah yeah it it, 
again, just missed the mark. I mean, I, was it a budget issue or, you know, justifying the song? I don't know what it was. And the song is fine. You know, we'll leave the song. But leave it in the Animal Kingdom and, and, and give this thing its own identity. Right. Yeah. And even if they went the route of finding Dory where it actually takes place in an, in an aquarium, that opens up some ideas, too. That's great. You know, I didn't even think of that. It's in an aquarium. Yeah. And you have Dory going, oh, did you realize that octopuses have... <laughs> and, you know, uh, sonar. It's, you know, like a giant pair of glasses. You know, echolocation. Um, it, that is exactly what I'm talking about. You know, having Dory swimming in with the in the dolphins. Like, oh, they use echolocation. It's like a giant pair of glasses for the... <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, that's all you needed. And that would have just made it, you know, it would connect the dots for the kids. Because otherwise the kids are now walking around that place. Oh, look. Another fish. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Wait. Let's let's move along. Let's come on. Yeah. I don't know what the kids want to do in Epcot. Let's go on test track again. Build cars. <laughs> I yeah. Can't test track on this. Real. <laughs> so where are yeah, you gonna I'm take us? Test track um, So I'm gonna stay in Epcot. Okay. If I'm being honest. I don't have to uh, move my tools too far. <laughs> um. But I'm going to go with my favorite part of Epcot and probably my favorite part of any, really any part of the Disney, food and the wine. Disney bubble. Well, yes, food and wine is my favorite. Um, I've, I've made that very clear on, on your show <laughs> when I've spoken <laughs> before. Um, but yeah, I, I just want to add to the World Showcase. If we just expand it a little bit, you know, those plans that always seem to fall through of adding an additional country, mm-hmm. um, just, you know, maybe Brazil, maybe, I don't know, Amsterdam could be pretty cool. I know they won't go that way, not just for the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, um, anything, I think going somewhere super not Norway, but in that realm, maybe Sweden, that could be really cool. Um, I really, really. I was going to say, I think you have at least three pads that you can expand on, if not more for Epcot. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been a while since the last country opened up and that was Norway. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is time to put another country in it. And it's, it's, you know, I know that you, okay, Brazil is coming and now it's not coming, but it's coming. It's not coming. Oh, Spain is coming, but it's not coming. Spain is coming. Uh, There's, I think Israel was another one that they've talked about at times. There's been so many as well too. Yeah. um, I know that I think they keep reaching out, but I think it comes down to the funding uh, because a lot the countries do pay for their way. Um, their way into Epcot as well. Their tickets are a lot more expensive than our tickets. Not by <laughs> much, but they're more expensive. Um, but uh, yeah, we. I mean, there's so many wonderful countries that you you can put in there, um, and to explore the the, the culture, the food, and and just 
um, it, it is time for another country. And you would, I think you would have hoped by, for the 50th that that would have been one of those things for the 50th that, okay, look, yeah. Epcot's getting another country and we're doing all this other stuff. Since we're, we're changing up the front completely, we might as well do some, give a little love to the back as well. Besides a, a, another show. I mean, maybe they'll do it for Epcot's 50th rather than, you know, just the 50th of Disney World. Maybe they'll do it in, what, 32 <laughs> whenever Epcot turns 50 itself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that would be about right. Yeah. Uh, oh. So it's 12 years. Yeah, 12 years later. So uh, maybe. I mean, that, that gives them time to, to, you know, hash out negotiations and uh, and to build. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just please. I mean, like I said, there's there's plenty of spaces. Oh, Africa was another one that was going to be coming, and then you got the Animal Kingdom. So again, talk about redundancies. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I I can't say like what would be the best country. There's just so many great options out there. Um, so if you had to pick one, what would your ideal country to add be? If I had to pick one. Yes. Just one out of the millions of countries in the world. I'm partial to Vietnam, but you already got Japan and China there. Um, I think the most unique in that would probably lend them as interest and just visuals and capabilities. I, I personally... I'd have to say like Egypt. Oh, that could be really cool. You know, with the all the the pyramids, the Sphinx, and the just the rich, rich history um, of that country. That I think that would just look, you know, set amongst there. And again, letting the Imagineers do what the Imagineers do best. And if Pandora and um, Galaxy's Edge are just any you know example of when you let them do what they can do, you get something amazing. I think you let them do what they can do with Egypt. And I think you get some great structures. Um, you know, you can have a pyramid, you can have yeah. a Sphinx, you can have some monoliths. Um, you, there's just so many beautiful things that you, you can do with that. And it kind of gets you a two for one. It will give you another country from Mex- um, from Africa. Because I mean, you already have Morocco, but the cultures are just so different. Um, I mean, you don't have one from South America. That's the other thing, though. You know, having a South American. Um, Brazil has been worked, you know, talked about so many times, but it's just like, all right, that's not working out. Where you know, I, I just to me, it just always comes back. Africa would be the perfect fit because of just the, the endless possibilities yeah and what, what, think, what, what do you think so I didn't I didn't even think of Egypt so you've kind of swayed me into thinking Egypt would be amazing um, but I think going the route of like New Zealand or something like that hmm. could be totally out of the box and that could just offer some amazing landscapes and like pathways and greenery not necessarily focusing on the architecture but the landscape of the country yeah 
yeah, as a lushness whole, because of they don't do that. It, it, yeah, I think that could be beautiful. Or you, you could give uh, Warner's a, a run for their money and do Tasmania. But yeah. yeah, I mean, but again, that would be a country from a region of the world they have not explored yet, too. Um, and it, exactly you know, culturally, you know, um, a lot of a lot of history there. Um, I mean, you can mix in, or you could even do I forget what their that general region is called, because um, you got the the you have Australia, of course, New Zealand, Tasmania. Um, I think there's what one other one there. Am I missing a country? Oh my. You're testing my middle school geography. <laughs> I, I, hey, you, you've been there more recently than I have. I'm impressed. I remember <laughs> all that. Uh, but the, uh, yeah, I think you would definitely get some great. Uh, you could do some great stuff with that, as far as the, like you said, the the lushness of it and teaching of that part of the world and the, some of the cultures and everything and stuff that is not represented anywhere else in Epcot. Right, um, and and two, bringing that kind of food because that's not operative food and wine even. No. So no, I think that could be a great addition as well. Yeah, yeah, I think that that would work great. That would that would work wonderful. Um, yeah. So my next one may be a little controversial. Um, all right, I'm all about that. And that's touching one of the most beloved rides in the Magic Kingdom, the Haunted mansion interesting and people are going matthew what is wrong with you how do you touch the haunted mansion it is perfect the way it is what what more could you possibly want from you know almost perfection make it trackless Mm. just think about the possibilities You, you you did that in phantom manor in uh paris I think even in Tokyo, um, making it a trackless system. So like even when you're just going through the graveyard itself, instead of just moseying along the the gate line, you're weaving in and out of the, between the different tombstones and around the different ghosts. Or when you're at Madame Leota's table, you're not just you know going through a semicircle around it. You take a couple turns around it and going in and out. Um, you, you could spend more time in there. Um, just so many possibilities, you know, just using the trackless system or even the dining room scene. Now, instead of just going above it, you go down to the dining room and around the table. Um, oh, that would be really cool. Or even do like a hologram effect and you go through the table. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's so it's so iconic. But you're right. That would be that would really take it to the next level. I mean, that I think you have the opportunity there with just the theming of the attraction itself to really push the boundaries and blow people's mind. Yet, not necessarily you're not there to scare people, but visual effects and everything, you just really could take it up several notches. I mean, again, they've they've done that now with these other. Um, iterations of it since they're not haunted mansions, phantom manor, whatever they are, you know, because the translations change and and whatnot. You know, putting right. in attractive now what they can do with attractive systems. Um, you know, they've done it with the the Mickey ride. Uh, you know, and and how things just all of a sudden just 
break and turn and move in you know directions that you're not expecting the the ride to go. You know, doing it with such a classic ride, I don't think it would ruin it. I think it would just make it just that much more amazing. And yeah. just you know, the, this younger generation that are looking for more interaction and for something to wow them, something that was built in 1971. How much longer is that going to hold? Right, and I, I I think that's the direction that we're going to see them start going. It's going to be, I mean, I mean, we saw the screen phase where everything needed to have a screen. Yeah. And I think now we're going into that trackless ride because the two newest rides, well, so yeah. I, I haven't written. Well, yeah, um, no, two newest. The two new, so um, Rise of the Resistance, I believe, is trackless yeah. at parts. And then Mickey mm-hmm. Minnie's Runaway Railway. And then also Ratatouille, whenever it comes to Epcot. So mm-hmm. it's just a trend. I mean, and putting something like that in Magic Kingdom eventually is almost inevitable at that point, or at yeah. this point, I should say. Um, so I think doing something like that in an already established ride would just make it amazing because that ride is loved by so many people. Like, every, like, I, I mean, I've heard one negative thing about Haunted Mansion, and it was because I wrote it with my girlfriend. <laughs> at the very end of the night and she was like this is so lame and it was the first time we were ever on it and she just oh. wanted to go to bed oh. so shame for shame yeah, yeah. but uh yeah no I, I, I think um but I, I I I just have this fear that you know as beloved as it is these these kids growing up now that may own two or three now by the time they get to teenagers are is it going to hold the same nostalgia or just the that wow factor that you know everyone else just goes in with this sense of you know awe or comes out with the sense of awe with what they're exposed to now and just how their brains process thing right you know having this you know, bumpy, tracky ride, you know, go, turning you backwards and going downhill. Is that going to, you know, will that do it for them? You know, seeing, yeah. you know, pole arms pop out of the ground on, you know, timers with sheets over them. Is that going to do it for them? You know, just, and like I said, you don't have to change the ride completely. You just really update it. You know, like, yeah. you know, so. I, yeah, I just feel that as controversial as that is, you can really, in essence, keep the same ride and really move it to the next, not even next level, the next 10 levels. Yeah, there's, I mean, I would I would use a fast pass for it. Yeah, I, I think. Case, that would be my number one fast pass in Magic Kingdom. Well, that, maybe besides Tron. Oh, but, yeah. So, and that would, you know, give you an equal pool on both sides of the park. You won't have everyone going to Tomorrowland. You do Tomorrowland and to, uh, and to, um, Liberty Square. Sorry, blanked for a moment, because there's no love to that side of the park anymore. Yeah, not not there necessarily, because it, it's it's just in a, such a weird location. 
because it's so, I mean, there's no easy way to get there. Well, not even, I'm not even just talking about Liberty Square. I'm talking about that whole side of the park between from uh, Adventureland to Liberty Square. The last oh, thing that you, the last thing you touched was the tiki room after there was a mysterious fire in the attic and you retrofitted it back to the original attraction. Yeah. I mean, Splash Mountain is my favorite ride in that park. So I could, I, I mean, I'm over there. I always do Splash at least once, probably twice in any day I'm at Magic Kingdom. Um, I always do Pirates. I try to always do Jungle Cruise, you know, but you're right. I guess those aren't the quote unquote highlight attractions of the park anymore, which is sad considering because seven dwarfs being a highlight attraction is just blasphemy in my opinion. Um, (laughs) Whenever I had um, Tasha Mercedes from uh, chat Disney on, and it was Tasha's first time at Walt Disney world. And her complaint was about pirates because she's been on the new pirates first. Well, yeah. (laughs) And then she goes on Walt Disney world's pirates and goes, Oh, Okay, that that that, that was quaint. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so, you know, Magic Kingdom or Walt Disney World, particularly Magic Kingdom, is starting, in some ways, to become what Walt didn't want in a museum. You know, so yes, okay, we've updated Fantasyland a little bit by expanding it, and we're we're giving uh, Tomorrowland Tron and. Whatever is going in where Stitch was, because you know, from my understanding, they've ripped out most of that. Right. Uh, you know, talks about Wreck It Ralph. You know, budget-wise, is that still on the table? Um, you know, easy, quick fix is updating what's already there, because you're right. not building a new structure. You're not having to come up with new ideas and waste time on, um. You know, research and development in that aspect of coming up with a story and coming up, okay, what kind of characters and what we're going to do. You have all that established. You're just going in and fixing the ride system, fixing the, some of the visuals. You know, they've done that with Haunted Mansion already when they went from um, practical effects to digital effects on, on right. some of the stuff. So this is just taking taking that and just keep going, keep running with that and going through the attraction. So, yeah. Yeah, that that's kind of my take on it. Uh, like I said, maybe controversial. People, I'm going to be getting hate mail. The the email address is disneymarvels at gmail dot com. Um, but hey, that when you think about it, though, take the the, the twenty foot view. Actually, is not a bad idea. So where are you going next? What's your no, I, oh, we're up to number one. What's your number one? So I think my number one. I. I have not ridden this ride in quite some time. Um, Probably not for my past two or three trips. And it's not because I don't enjoy the ride. It's just because it's not spectacular. Um, And that's Mission Space. And I feel like my list is, well, looking at this, four of the five have something to do with Epcot which is crazy because, like I said, Epcot is my absolute favorite park, and I will spend most of my time at Epcot on pretty much any trip. Um, 
But with that said, I think it leaves room for so much improvement because as great as the park is as it stands, it also definitely has its faults. And I know people are not a fan or not fans of putting IPs into Epcot, but getting people to that side of the park in particular, I mean, granted they are building guardians, the guardians coaster, which is going to be absolutely amazing from what, from what it looks like. Um, but adding another IP would just be so easy in that half because it's so futuristic, supposedly futuristic, you know, and also because they're adding that whole space theme to that, just throw Wally in there. Like, yeah. It's so convenient. And Wally just so happens to be my favorite Pixar movie. So for me, it would instantly draw me to that attraction because there is no representation whatsoever of Wally at Walt Disney World. Um, so no. <clears throat> just enough, getting. No. Yeah, just getting that in there. I think Wally could also fit into Animal Kingdom just for the environmental themes of the movie. But with the whole space theme, you could put like you could just retheme Mission Space to the Axiom, you know, taking you through that whole not necessarily the space launch, but kind of how you're living on the ship. Um in certain regards to that, because it is very interactive in that movie, how the screens are coming in front of you and you get to pick, you know, it's touchscreen where everything around you is interactive, which on mission space it is, you know, I well, guess it's interactive for some, for some senses, but you get you know, to press you're, a you're button, button buttons. lights up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's not in the Millennium Falcon where, you know, if you steer it wrong, you will crash into an asteroid. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I can, I can see that. And uh, to be I honest, up that sense where it makes people want to go on. Yeah. I, I, I actually was thinking mission space at one point myself and I couldn't just, I couldn't think <clears throat> besides bringing horizons back, what would, <laughs> what would be the easiest way to up it and, and sliding an IP It's controversial to this day, that's still controversial, even though that changed in the 80s when I, Eisner took a, uh, a seat. Mm-hmm. And he finally brought the characters in because he said that's what was missing. And I don't know how many people remember Epcot before that. And I kind of do. And I remember when the characters started coming in, Mickey in his tinfoil spacesuit with the rainbow on it. Um, and, you know, how 1970s that was for 1980s. Uh I, I remember that, and I, I, at that time, being a smaller child, got it. And I think people need to get over the fact that the characters do need to be there, because what makes a Disney park a Disney park? It's not the rides, it's the characters. The, you know, There's right. that connection, because we connect to the characters, and we connect to stuff. This is also coming from someone that says we need more just original rides, and not necessarily always ones built around a movie. But... You know, you can you can easily work the characters in, and something like Wally will fit the message of Epcot. Would fit the um, the theming of Mission Space, uh, and you know, besides it going to going to Mars, you you again could expand it and 
make it a little more interactive in how, you know, how Wally take you maybe to different planets and you learn about the planets, um, you know, or something, something more again, you know, part of Epcot's mission was to be educational or enter uh, edutainment, I think was, uh, Eisner's or, uh, Walt's words, I forget. Um, and, and you miss out on that. I mean, they tried to, again, try to do it in with Mr. Space and you missed the mark. And there were so many theories of what was going to go there and what finally showed up there. I've written it and it's just like, okay, I I get it and I'll, I'll go on it if someone wants to go on it. But if you're telling me, you know, oh, we could do Mission Space or something else. I, I usually go for that something else. I mean, I would I was more keen on doing Ellen's energy adventure than doing mission space. So I I mean, I'm glad you brought this up because um, the first time I was ever at Epcot was 2013. So my first experience was, you know, very, very different than what it was originally compared to what it is now. Um, yeah. Even like in the seven years since I had first been there, it's a totally different park, honestly. Um, like a lot of the stuff that I remember doing that first trip, I mean, yes, I went through the World Showcase, and yes, I rode Soren and Nemo and Mission Space, but like everything I feel like is still somewhat different and for the better now. Um but at the same time, Mission Space at that point was like, oh, that was cool. But like, did I really need to experience that? Like if I wrote it and Wally was, you know, integrated into it, I would have had just that connection. I would have been like, yeah. oh, that was awesome. Or I would have been like, oh, well, that wasn't great. But still, I have this connection because I love the character. So I think that's where in certain situations, IPs can enhance a ride i don't think it's necessary to put an ip in everything like i love original rides i love original stories if they ever do anything to change or introduce an ip into expedition everest i will riot because that ride is perfect um aside from the yeti being broken but (laughs) i'm 10 years later um even even as natural as the fit would be to put cars on test track i don't think it won't wouldn't enhance the ride any. It really doesn't no. lend itself to the ride. Where putting Wally into Mission Space, you have the opportunity to enhance it. I mean, that was that was one of the issues. I thought. I mean, as natural as the fit was, putting Nemo into the Seas um, Pavilion. I mean, yes, it it enhanced it because it it gave it new life. But going back to what I was saying before about you missed the the mark with the education, you didn't enhance the experience at all. It really didn't right. add anything besides adding an IP to an existing uh, pavilion. If you do it right and you integrate the characters into the attraction for a purpose other than just to sell merchandise, heaven forbid, with Disney, or um, you know, just to say, look, this is the Wally attraction, and just you have Wally stamped on something. Um, as you walk into it, having it, it as a part of the story, because when it comes down to it, that all the Disney attractions are about its story. 
And that's where everything's supposed to start. If you make it part of the story and you make it have a purpose to the attraction in this purpose of, you know, Wally explaining space in some way or taking you on the journey and you, you can tie everything in. Um, that is not a bad thing. You know, adding a character for a character's sake of just, you know, having you know, a, a symbol or marker to it uh, is not, yes, that's not the way to go. But having it have a purpose, you know, right. having to um, try, I'm trying to think of a, a good example in Epcot. And unfortunately, I'm, I'm not coming to one. <laughs> Yo, Coco, Coco, you know, Coco me to, the, to yeah. Mexico helps bring the story of Mexico across. They said the right. three characters doesn't don't do it as much. Um, they they do add to the journey, and you know with some of this stuff. Um, but again, that was more for characters for characters' sake. Um, right. If you had say Ming Na Wen being reprising Mulan as the voice of Mulan, or the the new girl I forgot her name that's in the live action, if she's the right. the narrator. In the character that leads you through China, that makes perfect sense, because it's it's the character you have you're using the character, but the character is serving the point of bringing the story across and having you connect. Right. Um, it's, yeah, it, it's bridging the gap between reality and fantasy. Yeah. And if as long as you do it seamlessly and in the right way, that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Like Pandora is the perfect example of using an IP, integrating it into a park where it fits perfectly and making some killer attractions. Right. Like, In the environmentality, yeah, granted, right? but yes. the environmentality message is so present. I mean, yep. with the, the repurposing of rusted out equipment and uh, changing the military stuff to, to everyday life stuff and you know integrating and you know the, the being you know let nature be part of things but also you know you you can survive but you know you don't have to dominate um it is it is just it's in your face without being obnoxious and it, it 100%. works seamlessly in pandora and i'm i am not an avatar fan i've seen the movie and i just go eh they're making a sequel. Eh. And whenever I heard that they're bringing it to Walt Disney World, I'm like, why? <laughs> but now that I've been there, and now that I've seen it, I'm still eh with the movie. But the Pandora Land, the world of Avatar in Animal Kingdom, I love it. I enjoyed it while I was there in the day. I actually skipped out on some other stuff that I was able to do that I had fast passes for to go back to it at night and was wowed at night. Actually, I did live broadcast it um, when I was there. Uh, so if anyone wants to see the video still on Facebook, as, as best as they can come across, um, it just it's something that pictures, no matter how good your camera is, does not do that park that part of the park justice particularly at night is just yes. so awe-inspiring and it revitalized that entire park because it is something that they were able to expand the 
the colors and stuff, everything throughout the rest of the park afterwards. And it it really it revitalized that section, but the entire park itself now that you have the ma- image mapping projection on the tree and just um, the the nighttime show and everything, you gave that park more purpose. Um, and just simply by you added an IP, but you gave it a purpose. You gave it part of the story. You made the, the story and the IP intertwined, like you said, bridging the gap in that. I think with Epcot, what they have planned um, with like the Moana part and some of the mm-hmm. other stuff, because that, that change was coming. That change was already right. on the table. When Moana happened, someone was smart enough to say, we can make this connected because the story elements of Moana fit this idea that you already have planned for the, the central part of that park there. So that that integration was natural, and I think that it's going to feel that way as much as people are, are up in arms and protesting. You, what are you doing to my park? I'm sorry, Epcot Center has not changed since the '80s. Okay, you added the Life Pavilion, which you have now closed as well. You you've changed up some of the rides a little bit. You changed Communicore to um, uh, starts with the I now. Was <laughs> oh god. Um. Oh, interventions. interventions. Yes. Change Communicore to Interventions. You took out my my little smart one robot that I, I always love talking to. Um, which is you know what Communicore was about was teaching about how technology is shaping the future of communication. Um, which I think we we all still realize it because we have well, our smartphones and, and tablets and whatnot. And you you could still have done that, but it happens at such a rapid pace. How do you keep this fresh and 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 purposeful? So I get it needs to change, and as much as I love Epcot, is again my favorite park. It wasn't always my favorite park, but as I got older, it became my favorite park. It does need, it needs a facelift, um, and more so by just changing the narrators on Spaceship Earth. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. I, I came up with a brilliant one for that. Everyone say, like, okay. "Oh, Morgan Freeman," or even James Earl Jones. I said, "I said no, Benedict Cumberbatch." Okay. Yeah, you know, Doctor Strange, it. Sherlock, but Benedict Cumberbatch. Just how he enunciates and pronounces stuff would just be so. I just, I, I, I don't know. I just you know, love the way that he talks and he he can come across on that that uh, really well. And I think he'll bring the ladies in more. <laughs> Have a yeah. 3D hologram of him waiting, you know, introducing you as you're coming around and getting onto your time rovers, um, time machines. But uh, yeah, that that's um, I get it. And yes, bringing IP into Epcot is controversial, but done right. In something like, is it Mission Space? I think they just eventually did not know what to do, and they gave up and just said, "All right, here you go." I, yeah. I, I just I I I'm sorry, but I I I think they gave up. And I love Gary Sinise, and I love the fact that he's in it. And you can keep him in it, and have you know some uh, keep Wally. I guess you know what I was wondering. I wondered because they had that Mission to Mars movie with Gary Sinise in it, and I was hope maybe they were hoping that that thing would have taken off and been a success, and that way you would have the connect- movie connection there. But that movie flopped. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm you're I see the look on your face and you don't even know the movie I'm talking about. Nope, I do not. <laughs> Mission to Mars, 
Mission to Mars was the movie. Gary Sinise in it. Um, and he, he's an astronaut. He goes to space, goes to goes to Mars, and they discover life on there. Um, yeah, it, it just kind of took a, one of those movies that took a left turn. And it's like, oh, Mission to Mars, a Disney movie. It must be about the uh, attraction that was in Tomorrowland. Nothing to do with that. And yeah, it had a really sharp left turn that left the audience still going straight and the movie's going left. So yeah, um, might be on Disney Plus. I'd have to check. But yeah, it's out there. Maybe. Buried somewhere. Interesting. I'll have to check it out. You know, uh, Flay of Navigator is still above that. Um, yeah. So sorry about my rant. <laughs> was no, was it my turn now? Yes, your your final choice, unless you have any others that you want to throw in at the end. See, I was going to say Space Mountain. You just add a soundtrack and do a little sensory stuff, but I, I don't think that was big enough. And you know, you could put a little heat when you're going through the red room, some cold, but kind of like test track. But I, I don't think that was big enough. No, I'm also staying in Epcot since we're talking about Epcot and IPs and, and bringing characters into a journey into imagination, journey to your imagination, journey of the imagination, whatever you want to call it, imagination, exclamation point. Put Dreamfinder back in. Everyone's standing up and cheering now. Um, yes, put Dreamfinder back in, but I'm not say, saying take Eric Idle out because I'm a Monty Python fan. I love Eric Idle. I love the whenever I got on the attraction, I saw Eric Idle's on here. Awesome. As Dr. Niles Channing. But at one point, that attraction takes a stop and it, it kind of switches its narrative where Dr. Channing said, Okay, well, I'm ending the tour here. And, you know, I, I'm sorry, everybody, but, you know, I, I just can't take this anymore. And Figment goes, Great, we're going to go on see. I'm going to take over the tour. And you could bring Dreamfinder in right at that point. You bring it back to the attraction. It, it kind of was in some ways. And you, you kind of, you, you change out. There were so many different ideas because I, I remember seeing a previous iteration of it and what was going on in that room. Um, you, you they took some pictures and did some stuff with your images and stuff. And, and he took that part out. The camera's still there, but he took that part out. Um, in having Dreamfinder now, taking you through explaining the imagination um, with Figment and Figment not necessarily being as brash and I don't want to say rude, but he's, he's not the lovable character that he was initially. Right. And and it's Dave goals. I love the man. I love his work. He's, you know, he, he does some of my favorite characters and, you know, we found out that he was, he's Figment. Yeah, you know, I I love Dave Goles. It's not him. It's the people that wrote the ride, the story for the ride, and they just made him too much of a a, a smart aleck type of character. It, it, you know, it, it's not the the lovable fun. You know, you, you listen to the original Journey into the Imagination song and how they describe Figment. You know, with childish delight and you know, fun and fancy and and stuff. Um, but a lovable fellow, hordes of a steer, but a lovable fellow. You you don't have that in that character anymore. And I think bringing Dreamfinder in, you can tone back Figment, and you can you can lose that and make him that more lovable character that he always was, the the symbol of Epcot. I know at some points he even talked about taking Figment out completely, which 
that's blasphemy. You want to talk mm-hmm. about bringing characters in? Let's talk about taking a character out. That is the only character that remains from the Epcot's beginning that represents Epcot. You know, everything around Epcot really could be focused. The focal point can be journey into imagination because without the imagination, you don't have anything else that goes on in that park. And that, I think that's one of the key things why they put that in there. As weird as that, you know, oh, you have a, a pavilion about imagination. With all all this other stuff, well, yeah, because without imagination to drive people, that you know that that's the narrative there. And I th- I think over time, the people that have taken over, I think have lost that message and have lost that imagination to to get the importance across and not having to be brash about it. And you you could have fun and you can do so much more. And they could just they could expand out the track. Because they actually shortened the track whenever they did the refresh. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because the the wheel mechanism that the beginning of the show was on stopped working. There was no way for them to easily fix it. Um, so they had to shorten it out. But you have that little play area at the end. I'm sorry. Most people just walk right through that. It, it's not what it used to be when I was on the second floor. You could push the ride through there. Um you got plenty of space behind that building too that you could even push the ride out some little more and really get it back to the beloved ride that everyone hopes to go on. Um, and, you know, the people that won on it before, the, you know, the um, 99, I think, when they did the refresh, 98, because when I was working there, it, it had changed. So, you know, Bringing Dreamfinder back to some, especially you know, you have those um, the comics, the Dreamfinder comics, mm-hmm. and yeah. people ate that up. I mean, they they had to do second printings on that. So obviously the the want is there, the love is still there for Dreamfinder and the attraction. You just have to find a way to get back to that or reconnect it. You know, use the right. the comics for inspiration. You do something with it. There, there is so much more that they can do with it. I, I think, again, it's just a, lo- a missed opportunity. Uh, I'll step back from my soapbox and let you let you get your words in. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. No, that's a, I mean, it, it's a very passionate, uh, passionate way to describe the ride and also how you personally feel about it. And, you know, I love Figment as a character. But I think you're right. They don't represent Figment the way that he should be represented currently. And I think overall the ride has lost its imagination. Like there's no wonderfully fantastic things about the imagination in Journey into the Imagination or Journey in whatever it's called now. It doesn't fit the name because right now it's taking you – it's a ride through your senses which honestly is not the theme of imagination. It's taking no. you so that they can do a fart gag with figment and, a sk- and like a skunk smell. And half the time the audio is broken during the, the, you know, the, the eye chart part. So everything that is happening on the ride doesn't give off that imaginative vibe that the original like i can't speak from experience because like i said the first time i was ever at epcot was 2013 i was born in 94 so 
clearly was never there before that when the original was <laughs> operating. Um, so at the same time, I can't speak to what it was, but I can reference it through videos, through podcasts that I've listened to. And anybody who has written the original, the original or is familiar with, you know, Epcot from the start, it just sounds like a totally like, like they went in a 180. And, yeah. you know, sometimes that's a good thing. In this case, it was not. Um, and obviously they do have the fan base. Like you were saying, Figment is a crazy popular character to people who have been fans of Disney world for, you know, they have this, I, I can't put a, you know, a number or a year on it, but those dedicated fans, Figment has a very special place in any Disney fans heart. You can love him or hate him, but I'm sure any major Disney fan has some kind of Figment merchandise, regardless of the love or hate, just because, you know, it's so iconic to Epcot, and he's so iconic to Epcot, just in principle. Um, so I absolutely agree. If you, if you are talking about IPs in Epcot, you have to keep Figment, because he's really become the mascot of the park, in a yeah. sense. Um especially during festivals. Like, there's always new Figment merchandise during the festivals. And, I mean, I have literally right here on my desk, I have the Figment Funko Pop from Food & Wine last year. And yeah, I get, it's give me a just, it's, it's one of my favorites. I love it. And, like, it's just one of those things. Like, I don't know. I, I have an attachment, but I never really had the the experience to give me that attachment so like if they were to make this ride amazing i think it would be my favorite thing ever so i'm i'm sad that i couldn't ride it at its original state but if they were to do something to potentially enhance it i mean for the better not just an enhancement for the sake of enhancement exactly but something that would actually be substantial and make people want to ride it and actually draw people in. That would be absolutely amazing. Yeah. I mean, you used to have dream finder and figment. I think this was actually Joe Rody's first job. If I'm mista not mistaken, he would used to walk, they walk around as a walk around character and people would be able to take pictures with figment and dream finder sitting on his, mm -hmm. uh, being held in his hands or sitting on his shoulder. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I won't spoil about the the effects as as simple as it is, but um, yeah, you, you used to have that go around, and, and people would you know, flock to it and just be able to see this character, interact with him, and then go on the ride and see you know see him on the ride and him talking to people as you're you're going along and explaining about the you know how you can imagine all these wonderful things, um, and, and Figment just getting excited about being taught about how to use your imagination, how your imagination can lead to things. And yes, some parts of it mm -hmm. can be scary, but there's wonderful things and you could take the scariness and lead it to have you lead you to other, um, more creative and wonderful, um, positive things, you know, and, and use thunder, um, as, as a sound. And then you, thunder leads to a rainbow and a rainbow gives you the colors to paint with it. And just, you know, 
all that type of stuff. It was such a beautiful lesson. And yes, you know, of course, everything needs to be updated. Um, but you can't lose the message. And you, again, I feel like I said about Nemo and friends, you're losing the message. Right. And hence, you know, why Epcot is in some ways the way it is that it's now a park without an identity. You, I mean, you have uh, World Showcase, which is now, you know, you've taken the two parks as, you know, Epcot used to be, it was two ideas smushed together. And now it really feels that way. You have Future World, which is lacking the, the first part of its name and world showcase which is still in its own representation and that's classic because it represents the world you know in harmony in unison uh which is something that we always need to be reminded and shown that this can happen and this can be um i'm not getting political here i'm just saying you know there there is a way for that everything you know you could have these countries working together and living next to each other. And this is how, you know, ideally as it was, that was Walt's vision and dream. And I think this should be everybody's vision and dream. Um, but that aside, yeah, those future world lost its identity a long time ago. And I just don't think the Imagineers really knew what to do and just kind of threw ideas at it. You know, I'm sure there's, budget reasons and people numbers and and more complicated things than i could ever understand and that's why i said you know this is without any of that interruption you know no one in a a a back office you know saying no you need to make sure you do it this way and you got five dollars to do it you know that's it's take out the budget numbers it's you know and just let the imagination run and you know run soar and jump and skip and play and you know get the best out of everything and you know it can be shown i mean um i I was watching some of the imagineer story on disney plus i'm so behind on that but they were talking uh, i i just finished where they were talking about when they built tokyo sea and then they had to go build california adventure and how it was you know the two different narratives tokyo sea is you tell us the number here's the check in fact here's a check i signed it Whatever you need, put it on there. We want you to do, you do your thing and do the best that you can. If this is going to cost me an extra $5 million just to be able to make that rock look more like a rock, here's $6 million because I want it to be the best darn rock that I've ever seen. You get to California and I love Eisner's quote from it saying you know well i feel that if you restrict people it makes them imagine more obviously that did not work because they had to dump a boatload of money into that park to try and give it slightly more of identity to bring it give it a newer life because it didn't have a life to begin with you let these people create and they will create and just don't don't restrict them and they in that they have shown that time and time again that given the right the right attitude in the in the in the right direction that they can do this and i think now with epcot i you know as weird as some of their plans were you go in this section this world and that world and this world I, i don't understand it but i'm sure when i get there and i walk through those gates for the first time and i just see you know, the new garden in the front with the fountain and 
the Moana section and this new multi-tier pavilion and you know if that all makes it through the the cutting boards and going on the guardian ride i it's i'm gonna love it as much as i don't want it to change at the same time like i said it needs to change uh i've said my piece haven't i (laughs) (laughs) what were we talking about that's we were talking about journey into imagination Use your imagination, yeah. Imagineers. Yep. Yes. Yeah, I, I think that pretty much sums it up. And really is the theme of this episode, honestly. Just us being able to use our imaginations to totally change these rides. Not totally change, but I keep saying that, but, you know, plus them. Plus, yeah. that, I, that, I think this, the, 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 the buzzword is plusing it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you don't have to change a ride for change sake you you can enhance a ride without necessarily changing it and, I, and that's what we've been talking about you know you can enhance mission space without changing you keep the right. it, really you're keeping the ride system you update some of the technology you know, with the screens maybe but you're, you're keeping the ride system you're just enhancing the ride with you know, putting Wally in and him taking you on a journey instead of Gary Sinise taking you on a, a, a disastrous journey. Um, or, you know, expanding out Frozen. You, again, you're keeping the ride. You're just adding more to it to make it fuller. Uh, the monorails, you know, it, it's you're not you're not losing the monorails. You're just making it more convenient for everybody and needing a necessary update to a ride system um well it's not a ride a transportation system that again so iconic but it's become a museum piece right and i I mean i put my monorail up under my christmas tree every year and you know the kids love it and i love doing that but at the same time it's now like i said it's a museum piece yeah, it's the it's the harsh reality. So, yes, yes, yeah, indeed. I don't, I don't know. Well, thank you for coming along the, on this journey with me. Um, it, it it's it's been great talking to you about it, and uh, um, it is uh, one can only hope. I I always put my faith in Imagineers. Like I said, they they there are sometimes that you know like imagination some stuff that i feel they've missed the mark but at the same time i could see that they have put thought and passion into the the project um there's probably things that i do not understand or know about that went on that made reason why we ended up with what we ended up um and we could always hope that you know these things aren't museum pieces they will change everything changes eventually they do update things and they do you know even if it's just one animatronic they'll you know they'll update one animatronic and sometimes that just is the little bit of a you know change in the ride that you need i always look forward to seeing what they have to do next and uh i hope they're listening and get some ideas from us um we will you know they can contact us through the email and i'll tell them where to send the checks Uh, (laughs) that sounds great yeah. So Matt, um, where can they find you if they have more questions? People are finding uh, questions for you. Um, so yeah, you can find me uh, on Spotify, iTunes, pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. If you search "Love of the Mouse" podcast, 
You can also connect with me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching uh, Love the Mouse Podcast at LOTM Podcast. I had to think of our handle there. Um, I haven't put out a show in quite a while. Things have been kind of crazy for me, um, but there will be something coming. There's a lot of big things coming, so I'm very excited about what we have coming down uh, down the pipe. So it's uh, it's been great talking with you again. I think what is this my third time on the show? This is your, you're I the think? first one that make make a three peat from uh, other podcasts hosts. Yes. Oh wow, that's awesome. So I yeah. I really appreciate you bringing me back. At least I didn't uh, you know soil it the last time I was on. <laughs> oh, never, so. never, my friend. <laughs> so that's good. Um, and yeah, thank you for bringing me on again. I, I really do uh, enjoy talking to you every time we get to get a chance to chat. Always my pleasure. Always a pleasure. And uh, again, thank you for being on and, and thank you for going on this little uh, this little journey. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, I really love talking Disney with uh, with anybody who wants to listen to me ramble. So same here. Same here. Thank uh, you. Thank you again to our guest, Matt Molino from Love of the Mouse Podcast. Make sure to check out his shows and join him on social networking. Speaking of social networks, let us know. What would you plus in a Disney attraction? Join the conversation on Facebook, facebook.com slash Disney Marvel's podcast or our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Disney Marvel's podcast. Also, you can join us on the Twitter at Disney Marvels. You can email the show with your answers or suggestions to DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. Or you can leave a voice message through the Anchor app and website. The links are in the show notes. I want to thank you for your time. I know how crazy time is nowadays and how very little, despite how limited our activities are, how little time we seem to have and how you know, being able to spend time together in some ways, even virtually, is limiting. So the fact that you've spent some time with me means a lot. I really appreciate it. And I could just ask one more thing, two more things, two more things of your time. Leave a rating and review for the show. Go on to iTunes or one of the, however you listen to the show, if you can leave a review, great. If you can't, go to iTunes, leave a review. Uh, five stars would be great. We're doing good with our reviews. Keep it going. It helps get the word out about the show. If you can't do a review online, do it this way. Tell people. Let people know. Share it out on the social networks. Or just talk to a friend. Text a friend. Send the link to a friend. The more people in this Disney family, the better. That's what Walt said, and that's what I believe. Don't forget to subscribe to the show while you're at it. This way you always know when new episodes are posted. But also consider becoming a premium subscriber. This way you know... um, to help the show out movie reviews different technologies etc you can do this over at anchor anchor.fm slash disney marvels slash support or you can find our patreon page links are to both are in the show notes remember this show is brought to you by listeners like you need some new summer wear go over to our t public page as well the link is in the show notes and get yourself some disney marvel gear to help you get through the summer we have face masks t-shirts a whole bunch of different things bags pillows check it out get yourself some stuff also help support the show that way whatever you're facing out there now no matter how difficult the challenge how impossible 
everything may seem, the weight of the world may feel like it's upon your shoulders and pushing down hard. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give in to those pressures because you are worth it. You are stronger than that. No, it may not seem like it, but look deep with inside you and grab this light. There's a light in there and embrace it because that light is your strength. It is your beauty. It is your knowledge. It, is, it will make you wonderful. You won't believe the things that you'll be able to accomplish. Grab hold of that light. Embrace it. Be your own hero. Never give up. Never give in. Now I'd like to end this show with a quote from Walt Disney. Disneyland will never be complete. It will continue to grow as long as there is imagination left in the world. Again, this is Walt Disney. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.